And now, the breaking and not so breaking news you never knew you needed to hear until now. It's the Area 81 Newscast with your host, none other than me. Here's Joey. Oh, yeah. Why, thank you. Thank you, me. Uh, it's an honor and a pleasure to be here tonight and uh, share this news I got. Uh, tonight, we're going to speak on uh, professional cheeseburger tester uh, sought after. We're going to talk about Sean Weiss, uh, Goldberg from the Mighty Ducks, and how he's doing today. Some of you may have seen, I'm sure, online. Uh, man buried in a juicy fruit casket. Fisherman breaks world record for the most fish caught in 24 hours. Uh, the Toy Hall of Fame. See if one of your favorite toys is on there. And uh, what popular food was released the year you were born? So we're going to go through that too. Also, in a shocking scandal, Jill Duggar. Uh, we got some dirt on Jill Duggar tonight. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's just get let's get started, shall we? Let's roll. First story tonight out of Australia. No, first story tonight out of Austria. An Austrian man spends two and a half hours in ice for a Guinness World Record. If you haven't noticed, there's a small theme going on, and it's a world record theme. We've been speaking on a couple of them the last couple of weeks. This one took place September 8th. An Austrian daredevil took on a Guinness World Record by submerging himself up to his shoulders in ice for two hours, 30 minutes, and 53 seconds. Joseph Kobrel, 43 years old, donned a pair of skimpy swimming trunks and climbed into a tank placed in the main square of his town of Melk, Austria, to be submerged up to his shoulders in ice. Kobrel beat the record set by Chinese man Song Hai Jin, who spent one hour, 53 minutes, and 10 seconds on ice. But the Austrian man said the Guinness World Records officials have uh, still have to review the evidence from his attempt to officially certify it as a new record. Uh, Cobral said he ma managed two hours, eight minutes in ice in 2014, um, but the stunt was not certified, so it was no good. He said, uh, my motivation was to go beyond my own limits and point out climate change at the same time. As I train a lot in high alpine terrain, I want to raise awareness of melting of the glaciers. Wow. Cobro said he plans an attempt to beat his own world record next year by remaining in ice for three hours. Wow. Next up, a goat hops into a deputy's car and chews on his civil papers. A Georgia sheriff's deputy out delivering civil papers had an unexpected encounter with a goat that climbed into her patrol vehicle and started eating all the papers. A likely story. The Douglas County Sheriff's Office said the deputy was delivering civil papers and had left the door of her patrol vehicle open because of past incidents where she had to make quick getaways from attacking dogs. Darn those dogs. Body camera footage shared by the Sheriff's Office shows the deputy getting out of the car and a goat quickly jumping into the open door. The deputy made repeated attempts to get the goat out of the car and at one point ended up knocking... Oh, she got knocked to the ground, but she was not injured. 
I'm sure she went on uh, disability soon after, to go chew up some papers and knocked over a beverage before hopping out of the car and wandering away. All right. Next up. Speaking of uh, zany animals, British tourists ambushed by thieving monkeys ahead of a Gibraltar wedding. A pre-wedding hike, this is uh, from Yahoo. <clears throat> a pre-wedding hike up the Rock of Gibraltar was derailed August 22nd when the groom, bride, and their families were ambushed by a troop of monkeys. <laughs> this footage of the incident shot by Fui Mi Quek shows her now son-in-law, Gabriel Bambridge, standing with a Barbary macaque perched on his shoulder. The monkey unzips his backpack and rummages through his backpack in search of food. Uh, he's got the birth certificate, someone remarked, prompting Bambridge to exclaim, oh, expletive. Expletive deleted. However, the document was not of any interest to the monkey and joined the bulk of contents from Bambridge's backpack on the ground where he managed to secure it with his foot. That's good, because I've heard there's been a uh, quite a bit of identity theft due to macaques. Uh, Fui and Wee Quick said, I ran back to warn the rest of the group. Alas, it was too late. Those zany monkeys. <laughs> Next story. Website seeks cheeseburger tester to find the top burger in the U.S. A gambling website is offering $500 to a winning applicant willing to serve as a professional cheeseburger tester. Bonusfinder.com, based out of Amsterdam, said it is seeking a cheeseburger taster to find the best burger in the United States by grading burgers on criteria including patty texture, patty seasoning, bun softness, bun taste, complexity of flavors used, relish and or sauce taste, cheese flavor, and creaminess. Uh, also, value for your money and quality of the ingredients. The winner will receive $500 as well as funds for travel and to purchase the cheeseburgers the applicant is instructed to taste and review. The company said the randomly selected winner will be announced October 9th. The taster's reviews will be published on the Bonus Finder website. Alright, now that's something I can get into. Uh, yeah. Moving on. Another world record. Fisherman catches 2,645 fish in 24 hours for a Guinness World Record. A professional fisherman of Illinois unofficially broke his own Guinness World Record when he caught 2,645 fish in a single 24-hour period. Uh, Jeff Kay, a fisherman known as the Marathon Man, began fishing at 9 a.m. Wednesday at the St. Cody Resort in Peoria and ended his attempt at 9 a.m. on Thursday after catching... 2,645 fish. Uh, the fishermen said evidence from the attempt will be submitted to Guinness for uh, official recognition. The record attempt raised money. The record attempt raised money for the Fishing for Life Foundation. Kolodzinski said he's hoping to raise $20,000 for the charity. What a great cause. I mean, you could sell the fish. I wonder what he do with them. Moving on. Another world record. Woman eats 10 jelly donuts in three minutes for a Guinness World Record. I feel again like this isn't that impressive, but it must be. A British speed eater achieved a Guinness World Record when she ate 10 jelly donuts in three minutes. Leah Shutkever, whose world record titles include fastest time to eat a cucumber, most lasagna eaten in 30 seconds, and the fastest time to drink one liter of gravy 
took on the jelly donut record in Birmingham. Schutkever was required to eat sugar-frosted donuts and was not allowed to lick her lips during the attempt. That's odd. She was also required to open her mouth after finishing each donut to prove she had swallowed it. The Speed Eater finished 10 donuts in the three-minute time limit, enough to capture the record. Schutkever said she is aiming at uh, to set 10 more Guinness World Records by the end of the year. Good for her. Good for her. Next up, a Virginia man gets permission from Juicy Fruit to be buried in a Juicy Fruit-themed casket. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. A 94-year-old Virginia man with a lifelong love of Juicy Fruit has received permission from the Mars Wrigley Company to have his casket painted to resemble a pack of chewing gum. Sammy Oakley, president of... I'm sorry. Sammy Oakey, president of Oakey's Funeral Service, was asked by a friend, Suddy Economy. Now, that is a last name. Those are just some names. Suddy Economy, 94 years old, to be buried in a casket painted to resemble a pack of Juicy Fruit. Economy, who was hospitalized due to a heart condition three weeks ago, is currently being treated in the Virginia Veterans Care Clinic, where his condition is reported to be improving. Uh, he developed a love for Wrigley's chewing gum while serving in World War II. When the company took Juicy Fruit and other varieties off the market so there could be enough to distribute to the U.S. service members, that's pretty cool. He brought his love of Juicy Fruit home with him, friends and family said. Suddy would just sit here for visitation or just come in to visit, and he would always bring a, pun a bunch of packs of Juicy Fruit, chewing gum, and put it out for the employees to enjoy, Oki said on CNN. He didn't just do that here. He did it at restaurants and doctor's offices, wherever he went. Oki, who has been friends with the Economy family for 45 years, said he determined that he would need permission from the Mars Wrigley Company to use the Juicy Fruit imagery on a casket. Man, that's weird. Even, even in the grave? Come on now. The company initially refused the request, leading the funeral home to post about the efforts on Facebook. The post went viral, and a member of the public was able to get Oki's contact information for the company's president. Oki said he received a call from the vice president of Mars Wrigley a few days later, giving permission to use the logo on a casket. The president reached out the next week to tell Oki he was being sent some products for the economy family. The family received 250 packs of Juicy Fruit gum, Oki said. And if you're familiar with a pack of Juicy Fruit, I think it's like a quarter, so that's like 50 bucks worth. Thank you, Juicy Fruit. Economy's brother John. Uh, John, John, John. Economy's brother John said the family is now seeking an artist to paint the casket. And they're also seeking someone to build the casket. Now, uh, no word yet as if the inside of the casket is going to smell like spearmint or fruit, please. Oh, spearmint or fruit? Uh, fruit, please. Now, some really great news. Uh, some of you may be familiar with Sean Weiss uh, Goldberg from the Mighty Ducks. He was also a character in some, just some really fun movies in the 90s. Uh, uh, Heavyweights, that was a good movie too. Um, he was in the news a couple years, about two years ago or so, for being arrested, for breaking and entering, and um, he was basically a meth head. Um, he'd lost all his weight, he just looked strung out. He looked like he was a lost cause. 
everyone was um, rallying for him, trying to see if he was going to recover or not, and apparently he did, so I got some good news. Uh, Mighty Duck star Sean Weiss receives a new set of teeth after years of meth abuse and shows off his pearly whites to celebrate 230 days sober. And this was of the 10th, so we're counting with him. Former child actor Sean Weiss has been diligently working on his recovery from drug abuse after falling on hard times and recently celebrated 230 days sober. The Mighty Duck star, who's 42 years old now, also had a new top row of permanent teeth installed following multiple oral surgeries done to correct the damage done to his mouth from years of meth use. His good friend Drew Gallagher shared an update on his condition to his GoFundMe page on Tuesday, along with a photo of Sean looking better than he has in years, and he flashed a smile. The photo looks, uh, gray. His skin looks good. He's putting on some weight. He's got new set of pearly whites. Um, we're rooting for him, man. We want to see him do good. So let's uh, keep hope he, you know, hope he keeps it up. In the photo, Weiss smiled from ear to ear with his new teeth showing off a healthy, rounded face and a short, trimmed beard. Yes. Now here's a list of toys that are making the Toy Hall of Fame finalists. Uh, the Strong National Museum of Play in Rochester, New York, said the 2020 finalists for the induction into the National Toy Hall of Fame are Baby Nancy, I'm not familiar with that, might be a girl's toy, Bingo, Briar Horses, Jenga, Light Bright, Masters of the Universe, My Little Pony, Risk, Sidewalk Chalk, Sorry, Tamagotchi, and Yahtzee. Uh, I don't know Brayer Horses. Brayer Horses, I think it is. Jenga I've played. I'm not a fan. It gives me too much anxiety. Light Bright, I always wanted one. I'm not sure if I ever got one, but they're cool. But once you punch the papers, your parents never buy you another uh, refill kit. Masters of the Universe, of course. Had He-Man. Well, I had one He-Man toy. Uh, My Little Pony. I know my sisters had that growing up. Risk was always a smart person's game or a nerd alert game. Sidewalk chalk, I don't know how that's a toy, it's just chalk. You just right on the sidewalk. Sorry, yep, played sorry, it was always a blast. Tamagotchi, uh, my sister had one, she still owes me $8. I lent, I loaned her money and she only paid me back half. So Alicia, I want my money. And Yahtzee, which I call poker dice. So that's the same. It's all the same thing. If you play poker, then you can play Yahtzee. Uh, these 12 toys represent the wide scope of playthings from simple sidewalk chalk that has its roots in ancient times to Baby Nancy, which proved a turning point in the representation of race in dolls, to the more recent, highly innovative Tamagotchi, said Christopher Bench, the Strong's Vice President for Collections. Whether old or new, or simple or high-tech, all 12 of these toys finalists greatly influenced the world of play. I can say that we play with at least a couple of those, each person. Three of the inductees will be chosen by a panel of judges, while three will be chosen by the public via the player's choice ballot at the toyhalloffame.org. That's T-O-I-H-A-L-L-O-F-F-A-M-E.org. Voting is open through September 16th. If you want to see one of those toys on there, go vote. And, uh, yeah. In sports news... Phillies pitcher Zach Wheeler injures his finger while putting on his pants. 
Philadelphia Phillies pitcher Zach Wheeler will not pitch against the Florida Marlins after he injured the nail on his right middle finger while putting on his pants. Phillies manager Joe Girardi, that's just weird to say. Joe Girardi, Phillies manager. I never thought I'd see the day. Told reporters Wheeler will not start against the Marlins on Saturday, and this is last week, of course, after injuring his fingernail in an accident while dressing himself Wednesday. Now, we actually have some audio of that incident. Uh, it's an Area 81 exclusive. Go ahead and play that. Uh, you can't make this up, Girardi said. It's very sore. The manager said Wheeler won't be able to pitch until Monday at the earliest. He will be replaced in Saturday's game by Spencer Howard. Um... Yeah. I mean, I've got a hangnail before. They're uncomfortable. I don't know how, you know, maybe they're just being uh, cautious. You know what I mean? Um, let's see here. Okay. We're going to move on to something a little fun before we get to the scandal tonight. Uh, popular foods that were launched the year you were born. Let's find out. Now, these are the years and what popular food was launched on that year. So, let's move on. It's the year... I don't know how old my listeners are, but we're going to start from 1946. 1946, Almond Joy was released. Uh, If you're not familiar with Almond Joy, it's a uh, disgusting bar of coconut with dark chocolate on top and two little almonds. Uh, Yeah, and they're not not bad. They're just, I don't know what they are. Uh, It says here, it's a candy bar sees coconut and almond cased in creamy milk, sometimes dark chocolate. Okay, so not always dark chocolate. 1947, Betty Crocker Cake Mix came out. 1947, 1948, Cheetos. Yes, 1948 Cheetos. Um, yeah, I love getting that orange dust all over my fingers. Oh, man, that's a magic dust, man. That's a magic dust. Yeah. 1949, this one's huge. McDonald's French fries was released in 1949. I can't go into too much detail for time's sake, but. You know they're delicious. 1950, Corn Pops. Corn Pops, I've had my fair share of bowls of Corn Pops. A sweet puffed cereal made by Kellogg's. It was a hit with adults and kids alike. It was known by Sugar Pops for a long time before uh, reclaiming its original name because parents were getting health conscious, so people were stopping buying Sugar Smacks and all these other things, and so they renamed them, and people still bought them. 1951, Totino's Pizza Rolls came out. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, the foodie businessman Gino Pellucci, the brains behind the Chun King Chinese food range, first introduced them. Uh, they were part of a TV dinner or as a speedy snack. Totino's Pizza Rolls are filled with everything from pepperoni and bacon to classic cheese. 1952, speaking of cheese, Cheese Whiz. Uh, whether you prefer spreading it on a cracker, oozing out of a Philly cheesesteak, or spraying directly in your mouth, Cheese Whiz, since 1952. It's the Leaning Tower of Cheesa. It's the Leaning Tower of Cheesa. <laughs> 1953, Swanson's TV Dinner. Um, yeah. Those things, I guess, they were good. Or people ate them a lot. Let's put it that way. People ate a lot of them back in the 50s. 1954, Trix cereal. We've seen it all. Trix cereal 
Uh, went from shaped like fruits to just little colorful balls. And uh, yeah, they've been around a long time. 55 Special K came out. A decidedly more grown-up breakfast cereal, Special K, known as a healthy cereal, also disgusting. In 1956, Cocoa Puffs came out. Delicious, I haven't seen it in a while. I don't know if it's even around anymore, but it is great and it leaves delicious chocolate milk in your bowl when you're done. 1957, the Whopper came out from Burger King. It's now more than six decades old. The towering sandwich consists of flame grilled beef patty topped with pickles, salad, mayo, and onions. Sandwiched in a pillowy sesame seed bun, it's gotten such mammoth appeal that the fast food heavyweight burger even markets itself as home of the Whopper. In 1958, Jif peanut butter was released. Still a household staple to this day. 1959, Caramac. This one's for the Brits, my friends across the pond. This creamy caramel candy, or as you might say, creamy caramel candy is a firm childhood favorite with sugar lovers across the pond. Launched in 1959, it's made with condensed milk, sugar, and triacle? Treacle? That must be a British thing. Not familiar with that. 1960, Starburst candies were released. Uh, you may know them as Starburst today. These rainbow-wrapped shoes began as little opal fruits in 1960 before a name changed later on that decade. They're now available in tropical flavors, including mango melon, pina colada, but they, la they launched with a fail-safe medley of strawberry, lime, orange, and lemon. Lemon are trash. So is strawberry. 1961, Coffee Mate was released. Coffee Mate is a powdered milk alternative that turns black coffee into a creamy delight. You can still buy it today in its same original form, which is powder. 1962, Goldfish. Pepperidge Farm Goldfish were released. Uh, they first were invented in Switzerland in 1958, but they came across the pond in 1962. They were made by Pepperidge Farm. The golden baked snacks are carved with cute little images with smiles, and they're made with real cheddar. A lunchbox favorite and a kid's birthday party staple. 1963 Fruit Loops. Everyone loves Fruit Loop cereal. Not gonna say much more than that. 1964 Lucky Charms came out. 1965 SpaghettiOs. I'm pretty sure there was a little jingle for SpaghettiOs, but I can't remember it. Uh, their slogan was A neat new spaghetti you can eat with a spoon. That's how Franco American marketed the conveniently canned Spaghetti Loops when they hit stores in 1965. I'm not gonna lie, when I was a swinging bachelor, I ate a lot of cans of SpaghettiOs. The ones with meatballs though, or the ones with the little hot dogs cut up inside. Yeah, those, those were bomb. 1966 Doritos were released. Um, yeah, there was some that didn't even have flavor. Apparently, uh, it was just like toasted corn flavor. So they were just corn chips, but they also had taco flavor and nacho cheese flavor. The more popular spicy Doritos didn't come out until later. 1967, the Big Mac was released. Uh, it's a signature McDonald's burger. That's the one you think of uh, when you hear McDonald's. Uh, two all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. 1968, the Snack Pack was released. Hunt's Snack Pack puddings are a nostalgic lunchbox staple. That's true. Every kid has had one in their lunch at some time. 
flavors range from tapioca to strawberry to chocolate and even butterscotch, which I think is an old person thing. 1969, Funyuns were released. That's another one of my little delicious uh, treats I like to eat. Funyuns. 1970, Orville Redenbacher popcorn. That was the 70s. I feel like it was older, but probably only because the dude looked like he was from like the 20s. 1971, the Quarter Pounder was released. Pure beef, pure pleasure. That's what McDonald's promised its customers when it launched the classic Quarter Pounder. Al Bernardin of Fremont, California created the burger in 1971. Uh, the Quarter Pounder was added to menus in 1973. So, yes, if I can count how many Quarter Pounders I put away when I was a kid and then double Quarter Pounders now that I'm a man. I can't, I lost count. 1972, the Egg McMuffin was released. Another one, another one of those breakfast things. Um, 1973, Nature's Valley Granola Bars. Uh, oh, I, I take that back. Nature Valley Granola is in a box. That was released in 73. And the snack bars that were, uh, well, you all know, the just crummy sacks of crumbs were released two years later. Skittles were released in 1974. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the fruity candies. Not. Uh, 1975, Pop Rocks. A gimmick. And I remember them saying in school that if you put a whole entire pack of Pop Rocks in your mouth and took a drink of soda, your throat would explode. 1976, Pringles. Once you pop, you just can't stop. Ton of flavors. 77, Monster Munch. I don't know what those are. Yeah, apparently it's a UK thing. The biggest snack pennies can buy. 1978, Ben and Jerry's was released. Bless them. They got some really delicious ice creams. 1979, Honey Nut Cheerios. This is a few years before me. 1980, Tostitos chips were released. 1981, now here's my year. Area 81, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course I get Lean Cuisine. Lean Cuisine was released. 1981, what a way to watch what you eat. That was the marketing slogan of Lean Cuisine. Early options include zucchini lasagna, spaghetti with beef and mushroom sauce, all under 300 calories. Now they have over 100 entrees for you to choose from. 1982, Diet Coke was released, uh, offering a slimmer, friendly alternative to America's favorite sugar-laden soft drink. Sales quickly outstripped that of Tab, the Coca-Cola company's earlier diet drink. And it's safe to say, uh, Diet Coke has stood the test of time. 1983, fruit roll-ups were uh, released. I hated fruit roll-ups because they stuck to my teeth, and I just couldn't have that. 1984, hobnobs. That's not a U.S. thing, I guarantee it. Uh, these oat cookies are consistently ranked among Britain's favorite biscuits. Is it a cookie or a biscuit? Launched in 84, hobnobs are beloved to this day for the flapjack-like consistency Sweet, oaty flavor and satisfying crunch. That sounds good, though. 1985 Bagel Bites were released. I remember that. And uh, if you microwave them, though, they were horrible. They were really spongy. 1986 Push Pop Candies were released. I remember those. So yeah, we've, me and my siblings put those away. 
or you're even an 80s kid if you didn't love push pops. A neat lollipop, still a favorite with children today, can be pushed up or popped out when a sweet treat is needed and then retracted and saved for later. Yeah, it was good stuff. 1987, Snapple Iced Tea. The first flavor was lemon, and other options included raspberry, peach, and straight-up sweet have now joined the ranks. That doesn't make sense. 1988, Hubba Bubba Bubble Tape. Uh, I remember eating an entire thing of Hubba Bubba, the bubble tape, in like a day. That just couldn't be good. My teeth hurt just talking about it. Just the sugar, the crystallized sugar that came out on your teeth. Whew. Here's a big one. 1989, Lunchables were released. My kids love Lunchables. Now they have like daily carb turkey and all kinds of different stuff, but Lunchables, 1989, yeah. 1990, Kid Cuisine uh, Frozen Dinners. Uh, I remember those. We did, we had some of those too. Uh, the line is known for its friendly looking cartoon mascot of a penguin and its options range from SpongeBob SquarePants shaped chicken nuggets to mac and cheese. 1991, the McLean Deluxe from McDonald's. I do remember that. They marketed it as a healthy, uh, greaseless almost hamburger. And uh, yeah, it didn't last very long. 1992, Dunkaroos came out. I remember the little Australian, uh, well, obviously, kangaroo with a heavy Australian accent trying to get me to uh, buy Dunkaroos. 1993, Pepsi Max was released. Uh, classic Pepsi had already been on the market for almost a century, but with concern of uh, healthy eating over the, on the increase, Pepsi Max had already been on the market in some form for around a century, but with the concern for healthy eating ever on the increase, PepsiCo did not rest on its laurels. In 93, they debuted Pepsi Max, a low-calorie, zero-sugar version of their staple beverage. It's still around. 1994, Reese's Nutrageous Bar. Those are good. Those are good. Uh, yeah, 94, the Hershey Company came up with another idea. Still making uh, use of Reese's crowd-pleasing peanut butter, the Nutty Bar sees caramel and actual peanuts on the chocolate casing, too. Unsurprisingly, it went down a treat. 1995 Rice Krispie Treats. I feel like that's not true. I think, um, I think they packaged them and sold them in 95, but I think the recipe has been around for a very long time. Uh, people in the UK know them as Rice Krispie Squares. 1996 Baked Lays were released, and if I remember correctly, they were made with Olestra, and that came with a warning on the back of it, um, warning you of anal leakage that would occur if you consumed Olestra, but they were healthy. 1997, The Big and Tasty from McDonald's. See, now this is what I was talking about on one of my episodes. Uh, I didn't think it was bad. It was basically a quarter pounder with vegetables. Uh, it says here, the McDonald's Big and Tasty is a mighty burger not dissimilar to Burger King's Whopper. Made its debut in 97. Consists of a quarter pound patty, lettuce, pickles, cheese, ketchup, mayo on a seeded bun. It's been on and off menus throughout uh, decades, and it's a similar product. Uh, the Big and Tasty with special smoky sauce is available in the UK. Good, good for them. 1998 Go-Gurt was released. The ultimate Go-Gurt on the yogurt on the go. You don't got time for a bowl of yogurt? Take a Go-Gurt. 
Here you go, guys and gals, mostly gals, maybe some guys too. In 1999, the Caramel Frappuccino was released. Satisfying sweet tooth coffee lovers everywhere, the Starbucks Caramel Frapp debuted at the end of the decade. It's the ultimate caffeine indulgence. Caramel syrup is blended with coffee, milk, and ice before being doused in whipped cream and yet more caramel sauce. It's still a favorite more than 20 years later. 2000, we're gonna end with this one, Pepsi Twist. Um, I remember this and it was disgusting. Um, of course, it's still available in parts of Europe, but it, it basically had like a lemon, it's like lemon juice and Pepsi in a can. Disgusting. All right, tonight's scandalous story. Jill Duggar confirms. Are you ready for this? I don't think people are going to look at her the same anymore. Jill Duggar confirms she drank an alcoholic pina colada during a date night with Derek Dillard. <gasps> it's been six years since Jill Duggar, Dillard, and Derek Dillard got married. And the couple say they're still honeymooning. Over the weekend, the former Counting On star and her husband enjoyed a date night out, a regular activity they've had to put on pause in recent months due to the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, on her Instagram, it says, Date night with my favorite person, Derek. We've missed our regular date night outings during COVID, and we've had lots of in-home dates. I bet you have. But we were able to swap childcare with some friends last night for a date. She added the hashtags, hashtag blessed beyond measure, hashtag date night, hashtag hubby time, hashtag still honeymooning. After posting the photo, she was met with an outpouring of comments, however, including one from a user who noticed her drink, which the mother of two confirmed was alcoholic. Drink looks amazing. What is it? The account holder asked. A pina colada, replied Jill, who's now 29. The commenter questioned, virgin pina colada or regular? Hmm, sounds like a trap. Confirmation from Jill, whose conservative and devout independent Baptist parents, Jim, Bob, and Michelle Duggar, enforced a strict, modest dress code growing up and have specific rules for dating, as documented on their television show, 19 Kids and Counting, that the beverage was alcoholic, received praise from countless followers who commended her decision to drink. And that is completely okay. Everything in moderation. Even Jesus drank wine. You are obviously not overindulging. These are all quotes from uh, her fans. Congratulations on making a life of your own. You are still doing what Jesus would do. So relax, everybody, wrote an account holder. Good for you, Jill, wrote another. H-E double hockey sticks, yes, Jill. Live your best life, girl. Hashtag YOLO, said an Instagram user. Said yet another. Get it, girl. We love you. Enjoy your life with your man and those beautiful boys of yours. Uh, this isn't the first time that Jill has surprised fans in recent years, including getting a nose piercing. <gasps> Discussing her sex life. <gasps> reading the Kama Sutra. <gasps> and most recently, modeling swimwear. 
Joe. In July, Joe looked cute and confident modeling swimsuits from what looks to be her backyard in an Instagram post sponsored by modest brand Mod Lee. New swimwear, hashtag sponsored. Are you spending a lot of extra time in the water this year? Pools might not be open yet, but we are enjoying lots of quality family time with the backyard with water plays, said Jill. Uh, this is Garbage News, and I am your host signing off. <laughs> no, but seriously, Dan, thank you guys for listening. I'm going to end it with that because, yeah, I, I don't know what to do. That's, uh, that's not news. But anyways, thanks for listening. And uh, make sure you check back again in a little bit. Um, next episode will actually be a podcast episode. So I'll do three of these in between and one podcast episode. Three newscasts and one podcast episode just to keep the content coming. So make sure you um, uh, like it, subscribe to it. I'm on Spotify. I'm on iTunes. I'm on Google Podcasts. I'm on Podbean. Check me out. And uh, let me know what you want to hear, what you, what content you guys want. Another snack episode, uh, funny guests, serious guests, let me know. But on today, 9-14-2020, I am your host, Joey A, signing off. Have a good night, everybody. This has been your 